What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to the Pelican Debrief podcast on what may be our best episode yet. I'm your host, Preston Ellis, and in case you haven't read the subject line, today we have Pelican scoring machine, Instant Grits Jordan Crawford. Now, you diehard Pelicans fans probably know that his 10-day contract recently was extended through the end of next season, and you also probably know that he responded with double digits in 17 of his 19 games, but that's not the only reason we're bringing Jordan on today. Jordan's story is a compelling journey. After being traded five times in four seasons in the NBA, having to transfer college, take a year off during his sophomore uh, season, injuries in high school... Jordan has now found himself on the outs with NBA franchises. After his final game as a member of the Golden State Warriors, where he scored 42 points, he was offered time with the Mavericks uh, as part of their summer league squad and even played in five preseason games as a member of the Chicago Bulls, but just nothing stuck. He would end up spending the next three seasons bouncing back and forth from Tianjin to Fort Wayne to Xinjiang to Grand Rapids before finally finding what we hope to be a permanent home with the New Orleans Pelicans. And uh, I'm going to apologize for those pronunciations. I did my absolute best. But before we get to Jordan, some technicalities for you guys. We could really use your help here at the Pelican Debrief Podcast. After you finish this pod, if you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes, hit subscribe, give us a five-star rating, all that jazz. We really appreciate the help, and we look forward to paying you back with some really great content coming up this week. You guys, we have we are loaded. We've got Nug Loves, Matthew Huff, our third-time guest, and then uh, a guy I am a super big fan of. I've been following him for years, reading his content following him on podcast. This is Bourbon Street Shots' Mason Ginsburg that we'll have in the upcoming weeks. Then uh, sort of a mentor of mine. We both live and work in Orlando in the uh, same realm, shall we say. Real GM's Keith Smith, followed uh, by pulling up the rear is fan-sided sports and basketball leader Ian Levy, who has been on the program before uh, in the old days with Brendan Clean. But before we get to anything else... A very, very special thank you to Mia Fields. This is Jordan's press representative. Now, all of this came about when I wrote an intro piece about Jordan just six weeks ago, getting to know Jordan Crawford, and she noticed a fairly embarrassing error on my part. I think within 15 minutes of the article going live, she is really fantastic at her job, and in the kindest way possible, she reached out, corrected my mistake, put me into contact with the Pelicans' best feel-good story of 2017. So I really want to thank her, and you guys should really tune in tomorrow. I also interviewed her, and we're going to launch a podcast tomorrow, just talking about a day in the life of being a press representative for an NBA player. I've never heard one interview, so it's something I'm, I'm really fascinated to get your reaction to. But I've been talking long enough. You guys, it's time to phone a friend. The wait is over. Here he is, Jordan Crawford. And before we do anything else, Jordan, tell us, how does it feel to be a New Orleans Pelican? Oh, man, it felt good. You know, it was uh, a great experience. You know, still would like to experience a lot more. But uh, it it was good so far. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit. It was 5 a.m. on March 5th. You boarded a plane to Utah. You landed somewhere around 2 p.m. Your agent, Daryl Cormer, said that you scored 19 points on pure adrenaline. Talk a little bit about how you were feeling that game, some of the emotions involved, especially after that trip. Uh, I was 
I was feeling a lot of emotions, but they were still, like, it was keeping me, like, just still, like, in the moment type. And uh, and as I was going through the day, I mean, I was just taking it slowly, kind of just thinking because I knew I had a game that night. So that allowed me to just keep, you know, think about the game and know that I got to play. But uh, it was also a comfortable arena. You know, I just had, that's what I went play my NCAA tournament in uh, Xavier, so I always liked Utah Arena, so I felt good just just thinking about everything, really, as everything was happening, just kind of taking it all in and, you know, smiling in the inside, but staying kind of calm, and then when the game started, just was trying to be me. Yeah, you definitely showed no fear, and you've uh, become really popular in the city of New Orleans. DeMarcus Cousins dubbed you as Instant Grits. How do you feel about that nickname? <laughs> Oh, man, I liked it because, you know, it was just, it was, you know, it's it's slick. You know, for me to say that off, just, you know, off the brain like that, you know, in terms of what it means and how I approach the game type thing, it was, you know, it was all good. It was, you know, a slick thing, and I I think everybody enjoyed it. And uh, how have you run into any Pelicans fans at this point just going through New Orleans? First of all, have you had a chance to settle in? Do you do you have a place to live? And most importantly, do you have a favorite restaurant in New Orleans yet? Uh, I haven't. I don't have a place to, uh, to stay. I was in a hotel the whole time. Wow. I didn't really have a car, so I haven't got to, you know, I didn't get to really walk through, I mean, and enjoy the city like I want to, but. Uh, you know, the people I did run into, everybody was, you know, very welcoming, you know, good vibes. Don't really have a restaurant. I was going to Ruth Chris a lot just because it was close. Yeah. But that's something, you know, I would like to figure out. Awesome. Well, uh, we've got a couple of recommendations for you if you have time. But let's stick on basketball for now. You've already made such an impact for the Pelicans, and you're going to be such an important piece of what this team does going forward. But, you know, things weren't always so promising. You you bounced from high school to high school. You had an injury. Uh, you couldn't play during your sophomore season when you got transferred. Uh, you had to take a year off. Then being drafted in the first round, you were traded four times in, in three years. Did it Did it ever feel overwhelming? Did it ever feel like you weren't going to find a permanent place in the NBA? Uh, of course, of course, at times it feels, it feels like that, but everybody, you know, I, I took it as everybody's route is different. You know, I got a brother that, you know, is a professional basketball player and, and, and growing up watching his, you know, situation, I had all his stuff played out. It's just something you take, you know, in and you take the challenge. That's the kind of the, the life of being a professional athlete. And I think, you know, with the strong family I have and the support system I got, you know, it made it a lot easier, I think, than the norm. You know, I think that allowed me to, to get through it easy and to enjoy my ride because I had good people around me that also helped me along the way. So it's, it was it's, it was all like a team effort. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you've got a lot of really wonderful people in your corner because mm-hmm. two years after that, you found yourself in China twice. I'm sure I'm going to pronounce these wrong. I think it's Xinjiang and Tianjin, and you went to the D-League. You received an offer from the Kings, which, uh, according to Jeff Duncan, you turned down. You scored 72 points, uh, and you even got a nice offer to play in Maccabi Tel Aviv. Did the thought ever cross your mind, like, hey, I've got a good thing going over here. Rather than struggling the NBA, bouncing from city to city, from contract to contract, 
why don't I stay out here where I'm really appreciated? You were making uh, a good amount of money, and it seemed like you were getting an opportunity to to really be a leader and a superstar. Did the thought ever cross your mind to just stay over there? Uh, yeah, you. Uh, it's, it's it's a lot of good basketball and and money situations all over the world, and uh, I, I had the opportunity to you know to try some of those out in terms of China. As my career was going on, there were times where I thought different things I wanted to do because the year going into the, the D-League this year, I did think about playing EuroLeague for the first time because I wanted to try that by basketball out. So it was just, you know, having to be able to, uh, you know, choose and make a decision. I think that I enjoyed that part of out of the NBA kind of, it was, you know, kind of taking on the challenges of doing the business side as well as making decisions on where to go, where to stay and, and how to just go about my career. So, and, but, you know, I always I found out along the road to follow your heart type thing. It's something that you want to do. And as long as you put your, you know, if you believe and, you know, something it may not happen, but it was just something I wanted to take on the challenge in the prime of my career. And I was to go to the D-League and just showcase my abilities other than just, you know, go get money and do something that I could have did but not what I wanted to do at the time. It's a really great feel-good story, and it's one that Pelicans fans are really going to be able to connect with because you you took a risk in coming back, and it looks like it's all paying off and then some. Talk to me a bit about your relationship with Daryl Cormer of ASM Sports. When did you guys link up, and how integral has he been in getting you back into the NBA? Uh, he's been he's been very important from a strategic standpoint and just overall the support. You know, the... Uh, you know, just how we planned out going to the D-League, you know, actually doing mini camps and then going to the D-League team and getting my rights traded from, you know, to get to the Grand Rapids. It was just, it was just all strategic from his standpoint. He, you know, he always, you know, allowed me to be down the road too. And we all, we planned together on things. And it was great communication, you know, to executing the plan. It was all, you know, sound the right way everything sounded like this was the route it was gonna have to go and we knew we had history in the league so we had to approach it different than just other guys coming from d-league to the nba so it was just all it was it was good because you know you have somebody that's working just as hard as you off the court you know and that's what you need in this business is somebody that's is putting you know the way you express your own self he's doing it for you so that was that was he's big yeah, it sounds like you've got great structure with, with family and with Daryl. Let's talk yeah. uh, Pelicans basketball for a moment. The Pelicans, when they traded for Boogie, were not playing very well. I'm sure you know they came out to a 2-6 and six start. They were, they were lacking firepower, perimeter shooting. You came onto the team and immediately gave them what they needed. You scored double digits in 17 of your 19 games. This coming from a guy who hadn't played in the NBA in over three years Talk about what the coaches and players said to you when you got off the plane in Utah, and and how did it feel not only to be given the ball, but to have a teammate of guys who really wanted you to succeed? Yeah, it was big. It was, uh, you know, first of all, they, 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 they welcomed me, and it was a very comfortable situation in terms of, you know, them supporting me and passing me the ball and believing in me. It was something I think everyone needs to, you know, survive and to be successful in the NBA. So uh, it was, you know, they definitely allowed me to be myself, but I wanted to, you know, 
I wanted all of them to feel good for me playing. You know, that's the only way we can do that is win. So, you know, we got a couple wins. I think me coming and help Boogie and, and AD because they allowed the defense not to key in on them so much. And they did a great job of being unselfish and, you know, allowing me to create out there. So it was all a great feel. You know, I'm glad I took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, you really took advantage of opposing defenses with those guys on the floor. Uh, the Pelicans even went on an eight win out of 11 game stretch with you in the lineup giving really healthy minutes off the bench and even closing some games with those guys. So it's already clear that the coaches and the and, the, and your teammates really have a lot of faith in you and want you out on the court. Uh, now that you're more comfortable with the Pelicans and you're kind of uh, assuming like a leadership type position as one of the veterans, Knowing your history with Fort Wayne and Grand Rapids, how much do you keep in touch with your former D-League teammates? You've got a couple of guys on your own team, Quinn Cook, Czech Diallo, Axel Tupain. Do these guys look up to you, and, and what do you tell these guys on, on 10-day contracts or still playing in the D-League? What, do they reach out to you for advice and support, and what do you say to them? Uh, I, I definitely communicate with them. Uh, they, you know, it's, I think since I came out, and now that the younger guys are coming out, D-League route is, is a major route to get to the NBA. And I think when I came out, it was kind of like you was, you didn't want to do it thing. And uh, so, you know, just being around them guys and letting them be around somebody that's been in the NBA and now in the D-League with them, you want to connect with them and let them know that they're on the right, that they're on the right path. And, you know, just giving them my experiences and allowing them to express themselves the way they naturally do. I think that's important. You know, you got to let them be them. And then you just, when they come to you, you just kind of give them a little bit of the right direction. And you let them decide from there. And I think all, you know, all those guys just need a little, you know what I'm saying? Just everybody in that league and in general need advice from different people. So I think it's important that you, you know, give that back and allow them to be themselves. Yeah, it, it's it's insane how, how much you've grown, not only as a player, but also as a person. Is is this a lot of the personality that you had early on in your years, fighting for playing time with the Wizards and the Celtics? If you could talk to yourself uh, four or five years ago and give yourself a bit of advice, what do you think you would have said? Uh, the number one thing is patience. I think patience is, is something that that's important. I, you know, I want to come in the league and just do be all about basketball and uh and I and you know leaving the league you know having this great you know family around me and everybody just encouraging me you kind of I kind of seen it naturally just on how I was being too much excited about basketball not focusing on just life in general and uh you know that helped me so you know it was a blessing in disguise leaving the NBA and kind of finding yourself while you you know, who who are you outside of just basketball? So that's that was important to me. Yeah, that is an important question, and patience is such a good uh, model to live by, especially for an NBA player. In, uh, a few weeks ago against the Dallas Mavericks, uh, leading 119 to 116 with under a minute to play, you took a closely contested shot uh, in in the in the corner. It went in. The Pelicans ended up beating the Mavericks 121 to 118. Talk about one of your favorite moments, one of the best moments. You've been with the team now for about six weeks. 
what was your favorite moment? Did you ever stop and look around and say, man, I made it, I'm, I'm here and, and it's really working for me? Um, I mean, one of my favorite moments was the first game. I think how it happened being in Utah, kind of arena that I like and just, you know, had a lot of experience in. Just, just coming back that day, it just felt good, you know, just on all the stuff I've been through to know that I was right here on this court and I could play. I think that was one of my favorite moments, just, you know, how 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 that feeling was and how it was for everybody else that I know was close to me. You know, they was more excited, I think, than me. And it was, you know, that was, had to be my favorite moment, yeah. Awesome. It must have been a big one. And I'm sure you must have been so exhausted by the time it was all done. Last question. Thank you again so much for your time, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Talk to me about your off-season plans, Uh, obviously basketball-related, though you might need a vacation after this whirlwind of six weeks. When when will you start meeting with coaches, and and what does an off-season training plan look like for an NBA player? Uh, I think it's continuous. You know, I think uh, it's something that you don't really, not really stop, but you just do it at a slower pace. Uh, you know, I think you have time to, you know, you time to recover, get your body back as close to 100%. I think that's the most, you know, one of the most important thing as an athlete. But, you know, me just, you know, overall in general, just get everything together. I think, you know, from vacations to, uh, doing stuff off the court, you know, with, you know, with foundations and things like that. It's everything that I can uh, get connected to that I think is good. Just helping, I think, the youth. That's that's one thing that I want to do and just let everybody know that, you know, just believe in things like that. All those things are important to me. So you just want to connect with everybody and take advantage of, the, you know, the moment I'm in, the platform that I have. And I just want to continue it. That's awesome. Uh, really wonderful things that it sounds like you're doing in New Orleans already. Is there any chance we see you visiting the young guys uh, in Las Vegas and Orlando Summer League? I think that's a possibility, yeah. Uh, I want to stay around the, the whole organization, everybody, coaches, and just connect with, you know, just keep you know building something that I think we can do and helping, you know, the city of New Orleans with, better basketball and things like that. So I would love to connect with him in Vegas. I think that's what I'll be doing. Awesome. Jordan, thank you again so much for your time. It's so exciting to have you as a New Orleans Pelican and so great for all of our fans to to see a really good guy uh, with such a great and fun story as yours. So good luck to you this mm-hmm. offseason. Rest, you definitely have earned it. And we look forward to seeing your performances next season. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's it, Pels fans. Before you go, go to iTunes, hit subscribe, share it with your friends, share it everywhere, give it a great rating. My name's Preston Ellis. You can follow me at Preston Ellis. You can follow Pelican Debrief at Pelican Debrief. And just to give you a quick preview of what we've got coming up for you tomorrow, Mia Fields, Jordan Crawford's press representative, followed by fan-sided site expert and editor-in-chief of nuglove.com, Matthew Hoff. It's our third time guest having him. He's fantastic. And then things just keep getting better. Uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. He's going to be on our show in the upcoming weeks. 
Bourbon Street Shots, Mason Ginsburg will be on the program, as well as Real GM's Keith Smith, another Orlando native, uh, which is where I'm broadcasting from. And then finally, rounding out the group is fan-sided NBA sports leader Ian Levy. He's been on the show before in the Brennan Clean days, but uh, we're excited to have him back. And you guys, thank you so much again for being here. Uh, We really appreciate all the support, and we hope that the program just keeps getting better and better. If you have any tips or anything you want to hear or want to send in any questions, send it to me, at Preston Ellis, and I'll be sure to put it on the next program. Thank you guys again, and let's go, pals. 